The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Helena Tuberty is with me now in studio. She's a fertility coach, a former uh, gynaecological nurse and midwife. And she's here to talk about IVF. So people will remember last summer and into early autumn, uh, the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, announcing that the state was going to support couples to avail of IVF. They would help fund one round of it as long as certain criteria were fulfilled around age and weight and health. Uh, Helena, I understand, is calling for uh, those categories to be expanded. Is that right? Yes, I think they are quite limiting for people. And I was I had a, a poll on my Instagram last night and certainly every day in my practice, I'm hearing people's stories of trying to access this. It's quite bureaucratic. It's quite limiting. People are feeling very excluded. Um, and it's not just about IVF as the main treatment. There are many good medical treatments that can be employed before IVF. So I would love to see people having really high quality medical restorative type of treatment before going to the silver bullet that isn't Mm. IVF in actual fact. So I think the government has missed out on having transparency, a regulatory authority, and that really is what we'd like to see. And what's happening without that transparency and without that regulation? I mean, what's going on out there? At this moment, a lot of people will describe it to me as pretty much still a Wild West situation. So, um, you know, we have the, 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 the fox in charge of the hen house. Mm. And we really do need an independent body to oversee, to standardise and give transparency. What are the actual, real, genuine stats? What are the success rates? And, you know, the sense of layering up treatment, project managing it Mm. in a very logical way, not going straight to the top, going and, you know, dealing with medical issues, health issues for both women and men. So there's misleading stats out there about the success rates, for example. They can be quite fudged in actual fact, if I'm very blunt. Yeah, when you're dealing with something like this, I mean, something that people are putting so much money into, but not just so much like of their financial resources, so much of their emotional resources yeah. are going into this. Absolutely. I know it's self-managed. I think they have, you know, to be told, yeah, you have a one in three chance of this working when actually it might be one in six, one in eight, one in ten. And, you know, the sense that a successful round of IVF may lead to miscarriage. So there may be no baby. Mm. And again, the exclusion criteria, you know, the sense of people who are in, say, maybe second relationships, they haven't, you know, had children together, but there might be a child um, one partner has and you might mm. be legal guardian. You know, the, the exclusive, um, you know, uh, criteria are actually quite tough for people to manage. Um, you know, we understand things like being in a, you know, a relationship for a year that's not trying to fly by night. Um, and, you know, BMI is not the most amazingly rigorous of standards nowadays, uh, you know, and that really floors people as well. And yeah. the sense of, you know, we've hit this age of 40, maybe we can appeal it, but... We don't feel we're totally written off. So it really is, um, you know, the idea of self-funding, self-managing, managing it on your own because you're not sharing it with people at work. You know, promotional aspects, being on projects, you know, it's a sensitive area. And I think people deserve an awful lot more real support. And I think, you know, while we have this wonderful funding, which is fantastic, I've been dying for it for years, that we really need to capitalise on Absolutely getting it right. So, because I, I remember the time I spoke to yourself, I remember speaking to Stephen Donnelly uh, as well last year, and, and even he acknowledged this, and this is only the start, it, it, it will expand. Is your fear, though, that, you know, now that this is up and running, it kind of gets forgotten about? Yes. 
I mean, today we had, you know, the the extra bill for the children's hospital. Yes. And that's going to swallow up a lot of funding. So I feel fertility is very much the Cinderella of healthcare. And there is a perception that everybody has loads and loads and loads and loads of money to self-fund. In actual fact, they don't. It Mm. is a massive struggle for people. So... The criteria, the age criteria, it's 40 at the moment is yes. the upper age limit. Now, you can appeal that in yes. certain situations. What would you like to see? Would you like an upper age limit at all or how would you see that operating? I think it's actually at this moment quite sensible in a way um, because the efficacy and the success rates of IVF drop off considerably from the age of 40. Okay. So what I'd like to see in tandem with this is the recognition of you know, restorative reproductive treatment that really does wonders for people who are over 40, who have had recurrent miscarriage. Yeah. Um, so what's, for people fragility. at home, what's, what's restorative reproductive? It really works on the principle. It's very much a holistic, really good doctoring approach mm. of looking at a couple and seeing are there any parameters that need to be sorted, fixed, organised, whether it is mechanical, surgical issues with a uterus, whether it is varicose, whether it is hormonally based, whether it's something, you know, like thyroid medical conditions. So doing everything to get those fertility ducks well in a row and, you know, monitoring and giving people 13 chances in a year to conceive naturally and also to be supported right the way through pregnancy to minimise the risk of miscarriage happening again. Okay, and do you feel sometimes that that, that's that's skipped over? I don't think it's happening at the moment at all. Okay. Um, That advice just isn't given. It's, you know, it's an area that, you know, our GPs are incredibly busy and amazing people. So they're not highly skilled in this area. In fact, at this moment, I have three GPs on my own books and they're amazed at how little they know about the Mm. whole fertility angle. And it's not surprising. They have a lot on their plate. So, I would love to see GPs really being trained because they're the first port of call that you have to go to and spend some time with. And when you are dealing with fertility issues, time is of the essence. You live your life in two week segments from period to fertile window of ovulation. Mm. Then, you know, time is passing by and another birthday is looming. So, you know, to have GPs very, very well trained, standardized, to have the hubs absolutely singing and dancing, that they are all working to the same standards and doing the same investigations and doing really, really good medical treatments before having people go on to the next stage, if required. It's good housekeeping. So what you're you're talking about there is it's housekeeping. It is kind of codes of practice. It is guidelines to follow and it is regulation, which we don't really have to the degree we we need it. HIFA in the UK, I mean, I, I was a midwife in the UK in the early days of IVF and certainly you know, having an independent body that oversees and regulates and allows transparency of figures, allows, you know, we have things called add-ons with IVF, which are sometimes unproven extras that could be 1,500, two grand. And you're in a situation of, gosh, maybe we best do this because, you know, just in case. Um, So, you know, having a modulated approach, I think, is fair for everybody. Helena Tuberty, fertility coach, former gynaecology nurse and midwife. Helena, thanks a million for joining us uh, in studio. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.